Good evening, good evening, one and all. Can you hear me now? <laughs> oh, how is the audio? Is it okay? <clears throat> right, um, tonight, tonight we're going to go on a journey through civilization and where it came from, what's happening to it, and where we're going. And I've been doing quite a bit of reading and quite a bit of research. Um, there's a guy on YouTube called the Dark Age Theorist. So the photographs I'm going to show you are from his um, stuff, and a lot, uh, a lot of what he said is um, is pretty good. He did it about three or four years ago, so it's quite good, quite um, quite worth watching. Um, there's a few other anthropologists and evolutionists and things that I've been digging into and. You know, it all seems to make sense, um, and I, I will, I will tell you, I will tell you the date when one world government will come about, but not up front. I'll tell you near the end. <laughs> you don't want to spoil it too quickly, do you? Hello, Una. Hello, Mister Jungle Griffin. Hello, Shalini. Hello, Andrew, Julie, Beats and Tapes, Robin, hi. Uh, yeah, 97 for, um, for Thunning, it was. Who else we got in? We've got a stack in tonight. We've got 12 people on already. That's excellent. Well done. <laughs> I was going through the comments. I was going through the comments the other day for, um, I think it was... I think it was the I think it was one of Ed's shows and I was going through the comments and this guy had gone fifteen minutes of music before anyone started talking. <laughs> you see you know, what's all that about? You start a live stream and there's fifteen minutes of music. You just wasted my time. <laughs> it's just like <laughs> I thought, how do I reply to that? You know, how do, how do I reply to that? And then um, but some kind person actually did reply. They said, is this the first time you've ever experienced a live stream? Because let's face it, every live streamer I know puts up at least 15 minutes before they go live because you want to attract people to your stream. So you don't go straight. If you go straight into it, there's nobody there. You know, I mean, the, the stream starts at quarter two and it says on the screen, show starts at, you know, and counts down. So crazy, absolutely crazy. Redacted have a half. Yeah, exactly. Everybody, everybody does it on a live stream because you need you need time, the notifications to go out because we used to live stream on the dot. We used to start on the dot and everybody would go, oh, I missed the notification. And they'd come in like half an hour later or whatever. So now we put up the 15 minute thing and it seems to work quite well. I, I like it. But anyway, um, let's, let's talk about, um, let's talk about, Let's talk about civilization and and where we're going and um, and idiocracy, technocracy, whatever you want to call it. But um, we're we're in a bit of a quandary, and and I'm not going to talk about the fourth turning specifically because I think the fourth turning deals with smaller time periods. We're we're talking huge. Do you like my new picture? Do you like my picture? You can't really see it because it's quite blurred because of the blurry background. But um, that's, I put my picture of New York up there. 
Um, and I've got the flags either side. You can't really see them, but you maybe get maybe you got a better idea if you see it like that. You see it like that. My God, what's what, what, what's that? Don't know what that could possibly be. Good evening. It's um, John Smith's this evening. John Smith's. Cheers. So anyway, let's talk about. Um, so I think that may have answered your question, Shalini. So uh, <laughs> if you look over my uh, left shoulder, you're right. <clears throat> so um, where was I? So yeah, so let's talk about the bigger picture, the you know the bigger picture. So I mean, let's go back in time, or or let's just go to the Amazon or something like that. Um, and you get oh, you get people who band together. Well, in fact, let's go back in time. Let's go back to the Stone Age. So we'll go back to the Stone Age, and you've got groups of people band together for common purpose, which is staying alive, right? If you band together, you can fight off animals. You can catch them quicker as well and more efficiently because there's more of you. Um, but banding together causes problems as well because then people get, you know, people get fractious with each other. There becomes some kind of conflict. You end up maybe fighting with people as well. And as your group gets bigger, these these conflicts become more prevalent, don't they? And you then your group maybe splits up. Maybe it gets to the point where, you know, we I, I can't live with this guy any longer. I'm off. I'm going that way. And, you know, your buddies will go with you and their buddies will go with them. And you'll split up and you'll just go your separate ways and you'll go and start a new life somewhere else, right? And, and that's fine. That's fine when you've got the space, the time, the inclination to do that um, and the buddies to do it with, which is which is good. So everybody splits up and there we go. So then... Um, and and that keeps going on, and and the population, it's kind of expanding but fairly static, and then um, then you get to the point where maybe say you're living in a an area or a valley, you get to a point where there isn't room for you to split up, you know, as a village. There's no room left for you to split up because there's nowhere for you to go because you'll go and bump into another village or something else. And at that point, things start to have to evolve to make people understand that they can live together in a better, you know, in a bigger, um, in a bigger group. And that's when things start to get a little more difficult. So villages then start to band together. And when they band together, maybe some people come up with ideals and how to placate people and how to do things, and then somebody suddenly comes up with the idea of if we start growing the food rather than just picking it, we can choose where to get it. Yeah, and start to you start to become more efficient, and as you get more efficient, you can support more of a population, and as you support more of a population, you've got to control that population to a degree because if you don't people just fight with each other and you'll end up you know I mean if, if, if you don't have any laws I've had enough of him dead right and you don't get punished for it so thing everything evolves and we end up in the civilizations that we're in today and, and this kind of thing 
while it happens on a very small scale in the Stone Age, through the years and through the years, it's got bigger and bigger and bigger. And um, I mean, and yeah, religion, religion might be a factor here, but it's, if you think about it, religion's only one control mechanism. That's all it is, right? Um, so let, let's let's think about it. Populations grow, and in the Stone Age, population didn't grow very fast because. One, you couldn't support a big group of people. Two, there was a lot of predation. So, you know, you would go out on a hunt and half the time the animals were hunting you, you know, so you're never quite sure who was hunting who. <laughs> you'd, be, you'd no doubt be susceptible to certain diseases and things. So, you know, the... the um, Excuse me. So, so you you you're not quite sure um, who was who was hunting who, and and populations were fairly static, fairly static until um, people started inventing things like the wheel, you know, and then they started using the wheel to do stuff, and then somebody invented agriculture, and as the population starts to um, to to expand, you find that technology enables a population. And is it this one? No, it's not that one. Sorry, my mistake. Is it this one? No, it's not that one. Good grief, John. It's not that one either. It's this one. It's the buttons in front of me. Why did I not punch it? Too many, too many John Smiths. Well, they just started. So, I am. Um, if we think about it, what happens then is that population growth enables technology growth because you've got more people who come up with more ideals. So your technology starts to improve. But as your technology improves, it enables you to grow your population because your technology is supporting your population. And then you get this vicious, well, it's not a vicious circle, it's a, a circle in which population growth is dependent on technology growth and technology growth is dependent on population growth. And you're getting this and it's spinning round and you, your population just takes off. And you can actually see this if you map it out. Um, population growth is like, it's um, it's not even exponential, it's hyperbolic. So it's like the, the hockey stick thing, you know, it just woof, goes like that, vertical, goes vertical and it heads for the moon. Now the thing is, the thing is, that that would then that that can't go on because you can't get to a point where you have an infinite population growth because if you have an infinite population growth you're going to run out of space and you can't have infinite technology so something's got to come along to stop it. The question is what is that? That's a good question. Some have hypothesized that some kind of stagnation that sets in because of complacency or because of, of certain social constructs that you've got. For instance, the Romans. The Romans invented the water wheel but did nothing with it because they didn't have to because, you know, why would you have to use the water wheel when you've got slaves to do everything for you? So, no need, no need. Um, So, we'll, we'll move on to the galaxy at some point, but calm down, calm down. Um, but your technology growth can uh, improve the energy supply as well. So it all depends. But anyway, so what happens is you get to a point of stagnation and then things start to flatten out. 
And because you can't ever reach this elusive, infinite population growth. Um, the, I think the Romans might have invented the water wheel. Um, they certainly had underfloor heating. Uh, and they used glass. I don't know if they invented it or not, but they certainly used it. In fact, I think they even had double glazing. And they could build really good roads. <laughs> they did have the capability of building really good roads. <laughs> nice and straight, if you've ever travelled about the north, um, the northeast of uh, England. Uh, yes, they did. They did assimilate. The Romans did assimilate, and I think I mentioned this the other day when we were talking about the Romans because um, we we. Uh, we mentioned it on the last all in, which got taken down for a copyright strike for the footage from London, which is obviously some guy who's taken footage and pictures from London and adverts, put them all together, and then decided that's his copyright. So he put in a legal takedown notice, which took our, our video down. So we got a two and a half hour video taken down for six minutes of London pictures that probably didn't belong to him in the first place. So thank you, London Power 48, dickheads. Anyway, <laughs> moving on. Uh, so where, where are we going next? Where are we going next indeed? So we've, we've, we've talked about stagnation, haven't we? So this is what kind, this is a, a map of what happened um, to the population and where it's going in time. So if you look at if you look at the 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 zero there, that's in the middle of the Roman Empire. So you can see that the population was growing towards the singularity, which is, you know, infinite population growth, and then it takes a dive during this period of stagnation and dives down to round about what 900 AD or something like that, then it starts to climb up, and it's start and it's been climbing up ever since. Apart from that blip, and that blip, I think, was the um, the Great Plague, the bubonic plague that wiped out most of Europe, I think, at the time. But basically, we've been climbing up, and now we're getting to the point where we're going to have to get, we're going to reach another period of stagnation, aren't we? Because we can never reach that zero because you know you just can't have that. So we're 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 leaning towards a period of stagnation, and I think we can see that coming because during a period of stagnation, if you think about Rome as well, like like um, I think was it Robin or somebody said the Romans never invented anything. So the Romans didn't, as you say, they didn't really do that much. What they did was they conquered a massive amount of territory and a massive amount of people and they assimilated them into the Roman way and Roman law and Roman thinking. And, um, and you know, uh, they, they gave people games and let them go and watch Christians been torn apart by lions and things because it was illegal to be a Christian in Rome, right? It was an act it was actually illegal. So if you were found to be a Christian in Rome, you were arrested, tried, and found guilty usually if you were a Christian, and and sent to the arena to be uh, dispatched one way or the other. You know that was um, that was how Rome worked because Christians. 
Christianity was illegal, not because the, they believed in Jesus or anything like that, but because they would not accept that the current emperor was a, an actual living God. And that was part of their society, and that it was illegal to believe that he wasn't. So, you know, if that's how your society's rules work, that's how your society's rules work. And when you think about it, some of the things in some of our other societies have got some strange rules as well. I mean, t take Japan. Remember, we went through Japan last week, and that's got some really weird stuff. You know, if you get if you get arrested in Japan and you're a foreigner and you you're you're automatically assumed to be a flight risk because you don't have a residence in Japan. You know, if you, this is assuming you're a tourist, you're going to be held for at least 23 days. And you're going to be held for 23 days for each offence. So, you know, you're going to be in jail for 23 days. You're not getting out. You're, and nobody's going to be able to spring you, you know. Because um, you can't post bail because there's no bail. <laughs> You're just considered a flight risk and that's it. Bang, you're not getting out unless you say you did it. You might get out then. If you if you if you contest it, the chances are you'll be in jail for over a year until you eventually um until you eventually confess because Japan has this kind of strange, you know, confess <laughs> or what do you call it? Uh what do you call it, um, confession by coercion, you know, they keep you, or hostage confession, you know, they keep you locked up until you confess, because that's probably how they have something like a 99.7% uh, conviction rate. It's just incredible, absolutely incredible. You can't have that kind of conviction rate. There's no way you can have that kind of conviction rate. So they're just, they're locking people up and making them confess effectively. So anyway, that, that, that's showing you um, how we're doing just now. So we're getting quite close to the singularity. I think we're closer than we've ever been, 35 years or something like that. Um, so it's going to take a turn down. We're going to bounce back, and it's got to, the population's got to bounce back from that. And you can see this is starting to happen in the West because our birth rate has been below 2. And if it's below 2, your population is decreasing. So our birth rate's been below 2 for, for decades now. Decades, right? So um, we we are starting to uh, we are starting to bounce back, I think. And then if we look at um, if we look at these, um, this is the same map. But what he's done is he's put he's put colours on it that he's defined these different ages and the the gold one, like the gold one at the start and the gold one of, of where we've been, is the kind of age where everybody's orderly but innovative. So everybody's thinking and coming up with new ideas and, you know, the population's booming because remember the old, you know, remember the the technology, technology drives population, population drives technology. So we're in that phase and we're zooming up, zooming along and everything's going up, which is great. And then you get to this, um, then you get to this brown bit where things start slacking off. And this is the point where, individuality becomes a problem because you can't because you're heading towards the singularity the government starts to impose more control and you start to get more control imposed on people and more control imposed on corporations and corporations impose more control on their workers and corporations impose more control on the public as well i mean you think you think about it look at look at today look at the amount of control that corporations impose on you 
quite frightening, really. You know, not the not the government. I'm talking corporations. They impose control on you. You know, whether it be a housing association that determines where and how you live and how many animals you can keep or not keep, and you know whether you're allowed to to have a car or something like that. You know, I mean, they they all have all these different rules and regulations, and and many corporations do that as well. You know, if you go to work, you must conform to this. You know. You maybe had to wear something if you went to work in the last three years, or if you wanted to work, you had to have a certain treatment, that kind of thing. So they really, are, they really are. You know, um, you're right, Robin. Individuals inv invent things. That's what happens, right? But an individual, while an individual invents things, it's society that drives it. Because no matter what you invent, if it's no use to anyone, nobody's going to push it. But if you invent something that society embraces and takes off, then wham, it's going to go for the moon, isn't it? So this is where we are heading towards just now, this kind of brown zone, where stagnation and government control is going to get stronger and stronger. Now the problem is, if you look at this stagnation period, it's like that's like nearly a thousand, that's like a thousand years, you know, when it's driving down the population. And that's what we're just kind of entering at the moment, we think. We think we're entering this kind of stagnation type. And you can see it because I think innovation is starting to slow. Um, you know, I mean, Apple haven't brought out a new phone in 10 years. They just repackaged the old one. Yeah, okay, you get a better chip and all that. But things are getting much, much slower. I mean, when was the last time Intel came up with something new? You know, um, NVIDIA are just putting new numbers on their video cards and making them run faster, but is it any different? You know? So so there you go. Um, so that's kind of where we are just now. We're in this stagnation zone. And we've got, we've got to enter it because we cannot hit an infinite population. You, can't, you cannot do that because nothing can support it. The... the energy, the technology, we can't support that amount of people. So what's going to happen is we're going to go into this stagnation zone and then things are going to start to slow down and it could take a long time. But don't be too disheartened straight away, you know. Don't be too disheartened straight away. Because remember, what we're talking about is massive timescales here. And within those massive timescales, you'll get blips, you know, in and amongst it. So things will go up and down within it. Uh, right, so let's um let's see where we are. Where are we now? So let's look at empires, right? So these are the empires that have been through the years and how much of this is a logarithmic scale, so it's gone up by ten each time, okay? So the the, the Egyptian Empire um had about what point 0.2% of the, the known world at that point in its empire. And you can see, and you go along, and, you know, Rome and Han had about 10, nearly 10% of the empire. Um, good old Britain had about 25% of the world under its um, under its empire. But, you know, that's gone now. US, USSR had less. Um, USA's probably got more, around, just around about the 25 and you can see that each of them's gone up in kind of steps. There's been a big step between each size of empire, you know, because they're kind of 
they're kind of muddling along about the same height, and then they take a jump, and then they muddle along, and then they take a jump, and you wonder, well, what can drive that kind of mechanism? How can they get bigger like that? And and possibly this is what we're looking at. So we have these things where you have, so if you go back to the beginning, where you've got your Stone Age villages, and they're muddling along, and they get bigger, the village gets bigger and bigger and bigger, and then they break up because they're pissed off, you know, and they just separate into two different villages. So each village unit size goes down. So I think of this as political units, you know. And then, you know, the same thing happens and keeps happening until suddenly you get to a point where there's something that causes a big boom, a big jump. And that's usually some kind of government control or new form of a new form of technology, you know, like going from Bronze Age to Iron Age or something like that. Um, so these kind of things are will 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 then jump up a technology, which will mean your population can increase. Um, or they bring in new methods of controlling the population, which again means you can have a bigger population without them splitting up. So so this is kind of what's happened, and that's that's how. That we've moved up to bigger and bigger political units, and if we look at the political units themselves, you've got bands, tribes, chieftains, states, colonial empires, and core wide empires. Now, what's next? What's next? We don't know yet, right? But you might find that um, you're going to need, you know, off-world, off-world empires. I don't know, empires that have got other planets as part of it, or empires that are on other planets. You know. Um, but you can see that as you're in each empire, because I'm down and look at it just now, look what's happening just now, because the USSR failed, but now you've got Russia, which is kind of on the up. China's still hanging on to its, um, its massive population. India has a massive population and seems to be controlling them to a degree, but not as strict, not as closely as China's. And then you've got America, which had effectively the world's biggest empire ever, and it's now in retreat. Well, it doesn't want to be in retreat, but it's going to be in retreat, isn't it? Because it's running out of cash. It's getting hammered by the Chinese and the Russians on the on on the gold. Um, China's selling off U.S. Treasury bonds, so. U.S. is in serious trouble. You know, it's not going to be the empire it was. So, the question then is, what happens, and how do how do they get how do they get these bigger and bigger empires and keep them under control? And that's a good question because how do you control that kind of a, that amount of people, and how do you make them happy, or does it matter? You know, well, if you look at if you look at the UK. We're not doing very well at keeping our people happy at the moment, are we? Because we seem to be, we seem to be either on one side or the other, you know, left or right, whatever you want to call it, socialist or conservative, and and really, nobody's happy with the way that the government's performing or the the opposition's performing. Nobody's really happy in the UK just now, so the government's not doing a terribly good job at keeping us happy. Is it doing a good job of keeping us under control? Well, maybe. Maybe because of the way that we've been brought up and browbeaten and whatever over the many hundreds of years, 
that um, it takes a lot for a, a Brit to, to come out of his shell and to, to start protesting. And I think um, I think that's maybe one of the things that's keeping us under control. Um, but they've got more and more things. You're bringing in more and more things to keep us under control just now. Because if you think about it, you you look at crypto, and crypto was invented to take away the control of money from the big banks. And effectively, what it's going to do, or what it's doing, is it's giving more and more control back to the big banks and to government. Because when you make a crypto transaction, everything is encapsulated in the blockchain and it's there indelibly, so you can't get rid of it. So every every transaction you make is recorded, every tiny, tiny transaction. And this is where technocracy comes into it, because... If you think back to the, I mean, back in the the twenties and thirties when the U.S. was in recession, technocracy really came about, and that they thought it would be a good idea if the if the governments were or if the politicians were skilled and acknowledged, you know, uh, experts that we're able to deal with things dispassionately and apply them in order to help people live their lives for the greater good, right? So so what they wanted to do was, you know, science-based approach to, to, politi- to politics and to managing people. And it never really worked. It didn't really... I mean, because if you think about it, the USSR did the similar thing. I mean, Brezhnev was a, a, a scientist. He was a chemical engineer or something. Um, what's his name? Uh, Khrushchev, I think, went and did some science stuff as well. So, I mean, these guys were all pretending to be technocrats, but it didn't really work. And it, I mean, the five-year plans and things, if you've read about Stalin's five-year plans and all that and and the USSR, the USSR, they didn't work either, and it never really worked out as it should have done. Um, it just made them, it made, they really made things worse, and people struggled and died in their droves. China, China kind of has tried to do the same thing, although China's been a little bit more successful, but where China's been even more successful is applying political controls on their people and the they're not even they're not even making them laws or whatever. What they're effectively doing is is controlling their people by shaming them publicly. <laughs> and, and this works this works great in China because if you've never if you've never watched the thing on Mianzi, right, which is face, this is a big thing in this big thing in 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 the middle in the Far East. You know, you don't want to lose face. So if suddenly your picture's plastered on a billboard saying you jaywalked, you know, you're like that, oh no, I have lost face. How can I how can I show my face at work? How can I show my face amongst my 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 colleagues, you know? Because it really matters to them. It really, really matters. And we don't have that same we don't have that same kind of um what would you call it? Uh well, we don't have Mianzi, really. Can you think about it? How often do they try? I mean, how long did it take them to make drunk driving socially unacceptable? I mean, if you if you ever ever grew up in the seventies and eighties, you knew that people were drunk driving all the time, you know. 
and it didn't matter how many adverts they put on TV and how much carnage they showed you. People were doing it all the time, especially in the 70s. Um, and, and you go to France just now, and it's like that right now. France is nuts. France is like Britain in the early 80s. Uh, after two o'clock, you know, after lunch, because everything starts for lunch in France. And it's usually a two-hour lunch, and it always involves wine. Even road workers are sitting having wine. I mean, we passed we passed a group of road workers, and they had they had they they formed like a a group, uh, a circle with a road machinery, and they were sitting in the middle of it with the tables and fold-up chairs, having a lunch, and the wine was flowing. Now these guys are literally operating heavy machinery. <laughs> So it's just it's just nuts. So we we the Western world doesn't have this Mianzi type thing, you know, like the Japanese, the Koreans, the Chinese, the Taiwanese. They've all got this, and and you know, to, it's very easy to shame them, and it's easy to un- offend them. So you've got to be careful on that kind of if you're, you know, if you're making deals and things, if you're being a businessman or whatever in China, you you should know what you're doing before you go there. So, and if you're dealing with the Chinese, you should be aware of their cultural foibles, shall we say. So, the Chinese got us down to an art now, haven't they, you know, with our, our social credit system. I think that's going to be a harder sell in the UK, and that's why, when you saw those little bumps in the chart, you know, that's why those little bumps in the chart happen, because people don't like change, do they? I mean, you don't want, I don't want change. You, you, you want to, you want your life to be how it was before things started to be, you know, taken over. And, 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 and that's, that's what's happening right now. Things are trying to take us over because when you see things, well, for instance, look at the EU. The EU is another attempt at a technocratic society because the EU is a super, Supranational organization, right? So you have you have commissioners that are put forward by the states of the EU. So the so each EU country puts forward its commissioners. Ursula von der Leyen is one of them. She's put forward as a commissioner. Now commissioners have the capability. Commissioners make the rules, and then the EU can make the state do what the EU says because it's supranational. And this is the beef that I had with the EU. This is why I wanted out. Because we we no longer had say as a sovereign, we weren't a sovereign nation anymore. You couldn't say what you wanted to do. The EU had ultimate control. So that's why you want you wanted out. Or why you should have wanted out. Because the UK wanted an intergovernmental EU, which would have been effectively a trading bloc. And if somebody said, you've got to do this, the government of any country could turn around and go, no, we're not doing this. And this is, this is you see this just now with Turkey, uh, Turkey and Poland and things like that, because they'll go, the EU will go, you've got to take this, and Poland are going, no, not taking it. You know, not taking that amount of migrants, not doing it. And this is where the EU, the EU is going to fail Right, the EU is not the equivalent of the federal government in America, really, because the states in America are not super. the The federal government is not supranational to the states. It cannot tell them what to do. 
only on federally reserved matters can it tell them what to do, right? That's why Ron DeSantis can turn around to Washington and say, no, I'm not shutting schools. I'm not doing this. I'm not. That's why the states can do that. So the states and the EU are completely different, completely different. Um, but the e and that's why we really should should have left the EU and did indeed leave the EU because you don't want to. Be, well, I don't think we wanted to be at this time part of a supernational, supernational, super supranational organization where they get to call the shots. And they're not elected, remember? They're put forward by the state. So those people that run the EU, the commissioners, are not elected. They're not part of the EU parliament. The EU parliament is voted for by you, and they really don't have a say in anything other than they rubber stamp what the commissioners say. And all they can say is yes or no, right? And if they say no, all that happens is the commissioners will keep putting it forward until they say yes. So the EU is a, it's a failed organisation in my view, and it's not a good organisation because if it was a good organisation, why is Germany in recession? Why is France want to leave it? Why is Italy talked about leaving it? You know? Why is Denmark wanting to leave it? Why is Ireland, vo Ireland voted against it? Why are they still in it? So, second beer. Uh, let's let's have a let's have a two minutes, and we'll just skim through the chat and catch up and see where it's happening. Uh, corporations don't vet. Blah blah blah. blah da, da. Uh, I've seen it. It's a good thing. I'm going to get a breather. Into the next hundred years, China will lose thirty percent of its population, if not more. It's, that's certainly more than possible. More than possible because, you know, I don't think we're we're not anywhere near a one-world government. And again, I will tell you the date, and you'll be surprised. You'll be surprised, right? So, control measures will increase the population. Yes, of course it will because it has to. Um, if control measures don't, then your population density can't can't increase because you'll get too much conflict and you'll get. You'll just have the bumps rather than the spike thing. Um, UK is the most stable population in the world, but that's because of immigration. I don't think we do have a terribly stable population. Um, I'm, I'm, I think we're as a, our indigenous population is decreasing. Uh, Never killed for wearing glasses. I'm not quite sure about that. I don't, I don't know where we are there. Most of all judges. Blah, blah, blah. Is EU the equivalent? No. Uh, I lived in the Netherlands and was a big fan of Nexit. Yeah, yeah. 2030 seems to have the planned date. No, 2030 is the date. That was the that was agenda 2030. That's, that's not the date for the one world government. That's... Um, that's basically the race to zero, you know, and that's not going to happen because we don't have we don't have a grasp on energy and we don't have the right thinking about how to use it. You've got two groups. You've got the groups that want to that want that you've got the technocrats who want to have a sustainable energy supply, right? And for that, they're talking about renewables and not using 
So they're the ones that think they're all sciencey based and go, well, we're not going to do that because we'll run out of oil and then, you know, civilization will collapse because we're too reliant on oil. So we need we need a renewable energy source. Um, and so we'll build windmills, which is an 18th century technology or 17th century technology that has proven not to be terribly efficient. But hey, we'll do it. Um, or we'll use wave power or solar power or something and we'll worry about it when it's dark, wet, uh, it's not blowing the gale <laughs> and the sun's gone down. We'll worry about it then, you know. And, and like those kind of things happen more often than you think in the winter because it doesn't blow a gale all the time. Yeah. Uh. So, oh, it's quite good. We're getting dates now. We're getting 20. So Beats and Tapes is saying 2030. Andrew Lomax is saying 2050. Uh, the Chinese were killed for wearing glasses. Well, I, I'm not sure about that, but I, I, I'll bow to your superior knowledge. Uh, Robin says 2525 in the year 2525. <laughs> That's a good guess. Uh, 2161 says Mr. Jungle Griffin. And uh, you're, 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 you've all got... I'm assuming you've got sound uh, thinking for those dates. Oh, beats and tapes, 2666. Mm. Uh, have enough silver to power the plant, silver to power the planet for 100 years. Silver? Okay. Um, right, so anyway, there we go. So, where were we? Um, yeah, so 2161 is the Star Trek Federation founding date. Hey, could well be. Might, might still happen. So the, the question then is, what, what happens next, right? Because we've got things like the EU, which is failing in my view, right? I think the EU, in its present form, will not succeed, right? Uh, I think it'll fall. I, I'm pretty sure America is going to fall at some point, the way it's going. Russia, I mean, China will fall as well. I mean, they, they, they will all kind of fall. What will happen, what's happening is, when you're in this stagnation phase as well, to get out of it, to get into, well, you go through this allegedly you go through a dark phase after the stagnation phase and then you go back to a green phase which then takes you back into the golden which is the good bit which is about we're just leaving we're leaving the golden right so and sometimes this dark brown this brown phase can last a thousand years so you know hey um so the question is how do you get shaken out of the stagnation phase and go back to population growth because population will tumble right and i think i think that will happen um and I, I don't think it's a planned thing. I think that's the thing. This is this is based on models, and I know I know what you're going to say, but this is based on models that have been tested against previous history, and they're coming up really, really good, right? So what they've done is they've looked at what's happened in the past, they've programmed it properly, and they've run it, and the models are coming up when you run them against what happened before, right? coming up like 99% accurate which is pretty damn good and unusual right unusual it's not a weather model here it's not a climate change model this is based on historical facts and they seem to be working well when you run them backwards so 
there's an there's a, an element that you can put a little more faith in them running them forwards, right? So population's gonna drop, um stagnation's gonna occur and what's happened in the past is when when empires have been in a point where they've stagnated, it's always been effectively a shock that brings them out of stagnation and takes away that strips away the control, the you know, the overarching control of government. For instance, like the Roman Empire was the invasion of the Mongol horde, you know, that effectively brought down Rome um, because they started stripping away their outlying districts and then eventually it came down to Rome itself, you know. So so something like that strips away the the strips away the civilization that you're you're in. And and it's not necessarily a bad thing because what it does is it rebirths and people then get into the they go back into the the individual phase where people are starting to think for themselves, controlling their own lives and inventing things and thinking and thinking for themselves instead of having to be constrained by, you know, corporations and governments. And that's when you go back into that golden age when things are going well. <clears throat> So remember, what we're talking about here is massive time periods, right? So this isn't something that's going to apply to us, you know? It's not even going to apply to your granddaughter or your grandson. It's not going to apply to future generations. The thing is, once you've got kids... You think you might have been able to afford them before you had them, but once you have kids, you realise you can't afford them. <laughs> That's what happens with kids. <laughs> They're just like a, a pit that draws all your money into it. They're worse than houses and boats. <laughs> so... <laughs> Right, where are we? Where are we? Um, so, so yeah, I mean, there's things that things that, and and look at the look at the WHO, the World Health Organization. Look what they're doing just now. They're putting in further and further controls. You know, the the that are super. They're trying to be supranational. They're trying to tell you that if we declare something, then your government has to abide by it because. What we say is for the common good. And then and, and all you need to do is look at things like YouTube and Twitter, you know, or community notes and you know I, I mean look at Twitter for instance. You know, you can't question a twenty mile an hour speed limit and a cul-de site because that's violent speech. But someone can call me that a Nazi like fifty times in one tweet and that's not that's okay. That doesn't that doesn't that doesn't contradict any community rules. <laughs> um, and look at, as I said, look at YouTube. Look at look at what they're doing to people that haven't been convicted of crimes. Haven't even weren't even confused when you uh, confused. Well, we'll talk about confused, but weren't even accused when YouTube took its action. It was hearsay. So so we're getting to the point where. People are being controlled by corporations 
just because they can. And, and you know, all these social media platforms, because you've grown up with them or you've grown, you've grown into them now, you rely on them for your information and it's, they, and and the 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 government and the corporations have and and this isn't I don't think this is deep state or anything like this. This isn't you know we. It doesn't matter because the people that run corporations and governments and things basically just need to keep you under control, right? It's, they're not trying to. I don't think they're trying to kill you off. They're just trying to keep you under control so they can keep coining in the money, right? And the thing is, when they see people having individual thought on YouTube or Twitter, then you've got to crack down on that because if you if you let people have individual thought, then individual thought's bad because then people start to do things. And when people start to do things, you've got to stop them. So you bet they're better trying to stop them at source before they have individual thought because it, it's like 1984. I mean, it's wrong think. You you go wrong think now. I mean, minority reports come to pass now because you know before you've even done anything, YouTube are censoring you or Twitter censoring you. You know that might have been violent speech. You may have been thinking, "Well, look at Count Dracula, <laughs> Count Dracula, Count Dracula." You know the judge told him what he was thinking. The judge told him what he was thinking, and that it was bad, and therefore he got found guilty. You know. Crazy, but that's what's happening. More and more control. I mean, more, every time something happens, more controls get put in place. Nine, uh, nine, eleven, more control. Seven, seven, more control. Every time something happens, more controls get put in place because you give them up. And don't blame. Take all the handguns. Well, just give us your handguns. You know, you're not having handguns anymore. Yeah, but I used to be an Olympic sports shooter. Oh no, you can't do that anymore. Your your career's finished, mate. That that's what happened. You know, not me personally, but you know, it did happen. My words are dangerous, Adam. I think that's the problem. I think Barry and I's words are dangerous, and even though we're only small and have a tiny audience, which I'm very grateful for, and and I, I mean. Getting good views tonight, you know, 20, 19 people on at the moment. So why we do have a small audience, our words, our words are dangerous because we've always said think for yourself and that's, that's a problem when you're going into an age of stagnation because if you have people thinking for yourselves, you might have people that will then give an uptick which then drives us closer to the population infinity thing which means things have got to come down again. So... You know, it's it's just one of these things, and I think um, coupled with the fourth turning, I think we're in a stage. We are in a stage where we're going to take a dive. Anyway, and and we've been here for nearly an hour, so I'm going to tell you. I'm going to tell you when the world when the one world government will come about. Do you want to know? Do you? The bear that bear isn't saying Gee, that bear doesn't talk at the moment. We haven't got a voice for it yet. <laughs> Harold, you need to calm down, mate. <laughs> you need to calm down. <laughs> you need some of what Beats and Tapes is on. <laughs> 
just chill. Take a chill pill. Right, um, let's go back to let's go back to the um the let's go back to our little thing. Um and, and actually before I tell you that, and this is why and, and I'm no great fan of Elon Musk either, but this is why we need to get off this planet because we need it's not that we need more resources, because the planet's actually pretty pretty still okay for resources. It's the fact that we need space. We need more space for our people. So what and if we're gonna be if we're gonna be a civilization that continues, we're gonna to have to colonize the solar system at the very least. And then you're gonna to have to colonize further, you know? Because the solar system's gonna go at some point, you know. <laughs> so really you've got to you gotta start colonizing space and God knows what will become. But Shalini, Shalini, how can you fall asleep when I'm on a roll? <laughs> You'll just need to watch it back, darling. Right, anyway, I'm about to tell you when the one world government will come about. So if we um if we look at if we look at this, right, what we can see is you know the political units that we've been stepping up towards. So as the political units get bigger and bigger, you get less and less of them. Right, so these are all the different changes between empires and city states and things. So as as we've got bigger political unit units, then they get less and less political units. So we're now on fairly big political units, and you can see the time the times um, on the on the graph there. Right. So if you see if you take that line and plot it out. The one world government is scheduled to come about in the year 3,800. Quite far away, isn't it? <laughs> 3,800. What do you think of that then? What do you think of that? 3,800. <laughs> yeah, well, I did say I have said that we are dealing with big timescales, and it's not going to affect us directly. So this isn't a fourth turning type thing. This isn't within generations. This is um, within you know tens, twenties, thirties. This is in centuries of lifetimes. Not not um, this is Highlander type scales. <laughs> so so there you go. Um, I don't know if that's been any good for you tonight. Have you enjoyed it at all? Have you? Is Michael Jackson frozen? Is he? <laughs> Did he freeze? Of course he would. Of course he would freeze himself. <laughs> Why wouldn't he? <laughs> Robin says, great. Thank you. It's, Adam says it's been fun. Too, too complicated for little Shanidi's tiny brain. But hey, she's a small person, you know, so one has to compensate. Um, beats and types, always enjoy. Excellent, Julie. Good, great show, John. Thank you very much. Thank you very much, people. I, I don't want to take up too much more of your Sunday night. Um, I've enjoyed it. I think um, it's been it's been good. It's been good for me. But I bet it's been great for you. I don't give a fuck what you say 
Yeah, I'ma do shit my way So you can go kick rocks I'ma stack bricks up, build what I want to make Yo, I got a lot of shit to say So I'ma do this every day I'll be writing things until I'm fucking buried in my grave Six feet deep, wonder, but my body won't decay Cause my messages are timeless So they'll put them on display Oh yeah, I rap with a certainty I have a sense of urgency A message for eternity For everyone internally I had some people burning me But now they fucking learn to see I ain't the one to fuck with Now they looking nervously And I don't really care what you think of me respectfully You can kick rocks if you think you're fucking better See, I will outwork you Turn you to an enemy Hurt you so bad that you're gonna need some therapy I got the motherfucking recipe I've been cooking up hits I'ma leave a legacy You'll be looking small when you're standing right next to me I'm five dead bitch, but I'm ten feet next to me I don't give a fuck what you say Yeah, I'ma do shit my way so you can go kick rocks, I'ma stack bricks up, build what I want to make Cause I don't give a fuck what you say, yeah I'ma do shit my way So you can go kick rocks, I'ma stack bricks up, build what I want to make Yeah I'ma do it my way Kick rocks, I'ma stack bricks up, build what I want to 